0: Therapy with Lisa Tahir, only on LA Talk Radio.
1: Hello there. Welcome to All Things Therapy. I hope that you're having a really good Thursday. I am coming to you from Los Angeles. It's quite warm here today. I will be taking a quick trip back to New Orleans coming up, and I'm really looking forward to being back in the South and uh, just wanted, wanted to share that. <laughs> um, if you're looking to work with a practitioner, please look me up. My website is therapy.com. It stands for New Orleans, Los Angeles therapy.com. The two places I live and work and love. My heart is full in different ways from the wonderfulness of Los Angeles and the South down in New Orleans. I'm feeling kind of nostalgic today, thinking about getting ready to go home to where I'm from in New Orleans soon. And uh, I feel like they complement each other. Los Angeles has been mind opening for me, truly mind expansive. All of the unique modalities that people utilize here in their work and their personal lives. And in New Orleans, just the open heartedness of the South and the easiness of even getting around. I appreciate both so much and bring that to you as a therapist, as an intuitive healer, as an author. You can See if my book is for you, The Chiron Effect, Healing Our Core Wounds Through Astrology, Empathy, and Self-Forgiveness, endorsed by His Holiness, the 14th Dalai Lama. There are links on my website for the book. I have an online empowerment course, empowerment, I-N, sourcing from within ourselves and really bringing out our natural talents and abilities. Often we need to just lean in to our inner knowing of people, places, and things, have confidence to do that and put it out there in the world and live really authentically, which we're going to be talking about today with my guest, who is also a licensed clinical social worker. Before I bring her on, I do want to give a word to my sponsor, Long-Term Relationship with BetterHelp.com. They are an online therapy platform. They offer financial aid if you need it, and they want to make therapy more accessible to more and more people for various reasons, and they are very user-friendly. You can begin working with a therapist in less than 24 hours through their platform, video, phone, or chatting, and as my sponsor, they offer you 10% off your first month to try them out go to betterhelp.com forward slash A-T-T, and it's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com forward slash A-T-T. My other sponsor I just love is Audible. You know Audible Books. My book is on Audible. As my listener, they offer you a free audiobook download, as well as a 30-day day trial subscription that you can keep or cancel within the 30 days to see if they're for you. I narrate my own book, The Chiron Effect. It's available on Audible. And to take advantage of the free download, go to audibletrial.com forward slash therapy. Let's move into the guest segment of our show. Today, I am with Cynthia Schwartzberg. Like I said, she is also a licensed clinical social worker, but she does some really unique work that's different from mine. And I'm so happy to have you on, Cynthia, to talk about your book that I'm holding up, The Curious Voyage, a rule-breaking guidebook to authenticity. And I referenced authenticity in my introduction of myself and my work. It's so important, I think, to find our authentic voice and path in life. And Cynthia combines neuroscience with ancient wisdom traditions in her therapy private practice based in the Atlanta, Georgia area. She works with both individuals and couples. She specializes in what's called brain spotting. We're going to talk all about this. Welcome, Cynthia.
2: Thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for having me.
1: You're welcome. Great How to are be you here. Today? So good to have you with us because I don't know, I did not know about brain spotting and I've been a therapist a long time and I love the incorporation of different traditions and modalities to help us heal. Where do you want to start with us, though?
2: Um, I could start with sharing just so we could define it so listeners would know a little bit of what we're speaking of. I'd love that. And then- So brain spotting, the motto is brain spotting is based on where you look affects how you feel. So if you think about like, what did you eat for lunch today? And your eyes kind of go up and you're thinking. So your eyes instantly go in a certain direction because you're trying to access information in your head to be able to articulate it and to speak it. So our eyes are directly impact and affect um, our thinking process and then also when we look in a certain direction, I might remember it in one way versus if I look in another direction. So many times where I'm looking is how I'm orienting in my environment to for more comfort. Um, sometimes we do that or for curiosity. So we use this organic natural process to help us get deep into our brain that's beyond the thinking, talking brain, to access a way of getting back into a state of more harmony and re- we call it regulation or balance and grounding and connecting.
1: You know, and you so, talk, I'm sorry, you first, and then I'll say.
2: Oh, I was just going to say, so the therapist helps a client find these different eye positions to do some focused mindfulness to be able to really work on their own to get what they need.
1: Okay. This is so important and interesting. You talk a lot in your book and in your work about connection, connection with ourselves, connection with others, and the brain to body connection, the brain to mind, body connection. And I'm hearing with brain spotting, it's literally, I love this, where we look, our vantage point, then influencing the thoughts we think, and then our emotions. Is that accurate?
2: Yeah. Like sometimes I'm looking in a certain direction and I might feel a little jittery where if Mm. I look in another direction, I'm going to feel peaceful. And it's often around something that I'm thinking about. Yeah. So if I'm in a therapy session, so if I have something that I'm wanting to work on, we sort of say like we've put it kind of put that into a frame of like, I really want to work on the fact that I feel so irritated every time I get interrupted by somebody Okay. or I get really irritated when people tell me, oh, you shouldn't feel that way. Like that's like one of my beefs, right? Yeah. 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 I think
1: for a lot of people it is.
2: Right. It's like, who are you to tell me? Right. Yeah. So like, if I'm looking up here, I can talk to you about it. But when I'm looking at you, I might be too irritated or when I'm looking down here, It just makes me nauseous, right? So in a therapy session, we're going to find whichever eye position I can tolerate looking at and then processing my, whatever shows up from there.
1: Oh, I get you. You know, this is bringing mindfulness to a whole nother level. Yes. Like present moment awareness. Wow.
2: Yes. And if you're stilling the eyes, it helps the mind calm down enough for you to start that you're, brain and body, those neural pathways that are all connected to one thing, you know, the neurons that are firing together, they eventually wire together. Yes. So by being in that state of that focused, mindful attention, Mm -hmm. my mind can kind of soften enough so that things will start to flash up almost like, um, you know, flip cards, like flipping really fast. We In the old days, we called it a roller decks.
1: Yeah, I remember.
2: <laughs> I now yes. I think it's like flipping through your photos on your phone. It um, or it's just like random thoughts. And it's like, oh, I haven't thought about those two things. I didn't realize that was connected. So we make these different connections be- because we're not really even thinking about it. So like, you know, when you're a little bit more relaxed, your mind can kind of go to places you couldn't go to before. Yes. That's, that's the idea.
1: Okay, I'm having aha moments as you're speaking about this because I, I didn't quite have a handle on it until hearing you explain it. And when you first started, even if if you were to ask someone, what did you have for lunch? I know I would immediately look off to be like, oh, what did I have for lunch? Because it feels like it's somewhere out there. So that I thought that was such a good example to help me to start to tune in to what this is. So in a session, you would ask you would draw the client's awareness to where they're looking and then what thoughts are connected. Am I following
2: you? So a client usually comes in with something that's pressing for the day. Yeah. or That's been pressing all week and they kind of can't wait to get in there, you know, or whatever, or like they've been waiting to go to therapy and family members say you need to be with your grief. So we can start with the grief, but the grief might be, going back to something before the present time. Yeah. Or, um, you know, because trauma builds on top of trauma. Right. One of my clients called like a shish kebab, you know, (laughs) lots of different, but layers layers and layers, but it could be that, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of public speaking. So then we have to talk a little bit about that. Mm -hmm. And we might come to the fact that I forgot my lines when I was in second grade and i just feel terrible shame. Hmm. So now i don't really like to talk to people out loud to more than 3 people or something.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: So then to in a session we would uh, we might frame it that saying, so when you're thinking about that shame, what comes up for you now? Yeah. And then where do you feel that in your body the strongest? Yeah. So we're going to connect the body with the thought. And then I'm going to use what we call like a pointer and I'll say, do you, so I might say, do you feel it stronger when you look here, here or here? I'm going very quickly. Yeah. We'll find an eye position or I just might go across your field of vision slowly and notice some reflexive movements and just stop there. Cause for some people it might be too hard to try to figure it out. Yeah. You know? Um, or I might notice that like while you're talking to me, you're looking in a certain direction, and I say, I notice your eyes are looking up there while you're talking about the shame. Just notice what's happening while you're looking there.
1: Oh, this is so good.
2: So however we go about finding those eye positions, mm-hmm. then once the, we find it, the client just hang watch looks at that, and every now and then will report to me, or they're gonna report moment by moment, or they might be quiet for a long period of time. So the key for the therapist is that we learn to work differently. Yes. So we learn to be in that more witness, mindful presence with the client.
1: You know, you talk in your book, to go to your book, about changing stuck beliefs and how we form beliefs. And um, that's coming to mind as you're talking. Can Can you expand on that?
2: Yeah, so many times, well, you know, before the age of like around 10, our minds go to co- concrete thinking and general thoughts. So when something happens, it's like that's, there's an instant moment. It's almost like taking a snapshot. Yeah. And in that moment, I see that um, people that are – um, you know, like with white hair are not safe because okay. that man is creepy, weird or something.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? So in my neighborhood, like when I was four years old, we called them the boogeyman, right? And <laughs> <We go> all <laughs> yeah. run away. So, um, but, so um, and that's my little mind thinking. And then I generalize that. Okay. So I'm going to also in that moment, find a way to run away or protect myself. And so I have this physiological instinctive reaction before I can even think about it mm-hmm. that I'm going to run and like take this like leap and t- go into protection until I remember like, this is my best friend's father. Like it's, it's okay. You know,
1: I'm okay. I'm safe. Right.
2: right. So those beliefs, either generalized or those beliefs that are organic, like that's the way we do it in this family, or those beliefs that, and in, in I was growing up, like kids are to be heard and not, I mean, seen and not heard. Right. You know, so we don't feel free to just like speak up or talk back many, many times. Um, Those Beliefs become embedded into our patterns, our habits, our way of thinking, our lifestyle, and how we navigate ourselves in life. Yes. And they become like rigid and hard. And many times our bodies have kept on protecting ourselves in a certain way. So we take on a certain body posture that matches that belief. Yeah. I don't know if that... That no, it does. help helps very
1: much. It helps a lot, Cynthia. And also you talk about the role of intention, decision, and how we always have a choice. And I was thinking of that because it does these early memories, these early memory imprints, as I think of them, then become like the template, the cookie cutter pattern for other triggers that cause it people, places and things that cause us to feel that same way, usually around something negative fear mistrust concern and then we start to form patterns in our lives to protect from that and so I like I love where you were speaking in your book about having a choice and so can you talk to us about the roles of intention decision and choice
2: so at that point in the book I'm referencing that I'm aware because first I'm not aware that I even have a choice or um, or that I c- like I maybe in the moment I really didn't have a choice. Because mm-hmm. my or my choice was to survive. And my body just did what it needed to do faster than I could think.
3: Uh-huh.
2: And there's you know, there's a brilliance to our protection. Yes. So I want to just really preface it with that first. But then when I begin to see like that was then and this is now, I can set an intention to want to do um, something different. Like, just say, like, I want an intention to get really curious about this reaction that I have to people. Like, if I go back to that example of, like, don't tell me how to think. Like, that anger that comes up. Is like, I can set an intention to get really curious about what is my need to do that now. Okay. So I have a choice once I'm aware.
1: That, that I have a choice.
2: That I have a choice and I'm aware of what's happening. When my mind can be, be a, consciously aware. Mm-hmm. But I also have certain choices that I can make. I mean, how I choose to think can create a different reality for me.
3: Yes. Even yes. in
2: the same Thing. And I think I um, did in search of uh, meaning by um, Victor Franco? Franco. Yeah.
1: Yes. and search for meaning.
2: Right. So in the search for meaning, it's like even at the point of death, how I choose to think about it
3: mm-hmm. is everything
2: is my, is only mine to choose. Right. And then that's going to change everything.
1: Absolutely.
2: Um, Now, I haven't gotten, I have not had an experience of dying coming back, so I don't know that 100%, right? Right. Although in the book, I say that as an adolescent, I was really curious. Yeah. Like, gee, I wonder what it's like. But that's a phase that many of us may go through. But I know that there's other moments in my life when I felt like this is how I have to do it. Yeah. And then it's like, is that really true?
3: Yes, that Inquiry
1: that personal question. I'm curious at this point, it feels like a, a good place to ask the question How did you come to this work, a brain spotty, and asking these types of questions of yourself and others?
2: Well, as a kid, as I share in the book, I used to um, just do these, like even like I remember as far back as sixth grade like reflecting on my year. How was it? What what do I want different for next year? So I think I had this kind of curious mind for for many, many years of my life. Mm -hmm. But when my parents were getting divorced and we went to a therapist, um, I left there going, oh, I want to, that's what I want to do in life. I want to be a therapist and help kids like she helped me.
1: Wow.
2: Wow. And I was sharing that with a colleague of mine, and he said to me, I bet you, you felt heard and understood. Mm. And that is something that I think we all long for. Yes. You know, to feel connected, to feel heard, to feel understood, you know, some form of validation.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: And so I went back to school. I told my friends and they started telling me their problems.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's great. <laughs> it was uh-huh. sweet. That is sweet.
2: But I went to college. I started out as a math teacher. I mean, a math major. Okay. I fell was asleep for my calculus three exam. And it was like, I want to work with people, not computers. Right. 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 But here we are working with people on computers. Yes.
1: Funny. <laughs> a funny twist.
2: Right. So I think I've always had that wonder curiosity. I always wondered about life and people and um, just from care.
1: It was a natural progression
3: for you, I hear.
2: Right. And then when I was in graduated college, I felt like I have to get myself together before I could help other people. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I started my spiritual quest on with the path work for energetics. And um, then I went on to, back to social work school. Okay. So um, by then, I guess I was in my late 20s and felt more ready. I don't know how ready, but more ready. Um, so I went to social work school, but I always was working mind, body and spirit. Mm hmm. And then I in core energetics, which was one of the first therapies that I did, which is working with energy and consciousness. So you look at the body in terms of how that protective armoring had taken form and shape in the body based on the belief systems. Beautiful. And helping the body open up and release that. Okay. So it was started by... Um, Dr. John parakis who worked with Alexander Lowen, who started bioenergetics. I don't know if you heard of that. I've
1: heard of bioenergetics somewhere in the recess of my mind. Yes.
2: Yeah. So they came from William Reich, who came from Freud. So that's like the lineage okay, yeah, lineage. And then um, they work with the eye block. And somebody introduced me to EMDR. I'm right. a desensitization.
1: Yes, I'm a so practitioner.
2: Oh, good. So going back and forth with the eyes, I thought that's great. It's like releasing the eye block. Yeah. But so I did it, but I never, I incorporated that into core energetics. Mm -hmm. And then in our profession, you have to go get continuing ed classes. So I went to Cape Cod where David Grant, who was a facilitator and training people in EMDR. um, So he, he worked with natural flow. So rather than going rapidly across, right. he went slowly across the field of vision. And yeah. so at that time, soon after I met him, my supervisor had passed away. So I, I feel like if you're going to do the profession, you need to be in conversation about it. And you yes. need to work on yourself.
3: Yes, I do as well.
2: Good. So I... Called up David Grand and I joined his consultation supervision group and I'm still there. That was back in 2000.
1: Oh, that's wonderful. You know, when I practice EMDR, I do the slow movements as well. I see in people's eyes that it's easier for them to track in that way. Just in in my experience utilizing EMDR and it's been profound for people. The memories that will come up because of following in a slower manner rather than a rapid manner.
2: Right. So David even noticed the eye anomalies in the eyes. So if you're doing that with your client, start to notice any reflexive movement.
1: Yeah, I've seen that, the reflexive movements. Absolutely. So
2: he stopped on the reflexive movement. Okay. And a torment of material came out with this figure skater he was working with that um, they hadn't gotten to before with somatic work or with EMDR. Yes. Yes. And so when we, so just for everybody to know, as therapists, when we do something with our clients, we go, wow, that's amazing. But is it a phenomena that goes across the board to mostly all humans or is it, or maybe even to animals? Some people work with dogs doing this too. Or is it just for, you know, certain clients, mm-hmm. you know, so explore it, Lisa.
1: Absolutely. Cynthia, I one of the parts of your, or just kind of the overall paradigm of your book having to do with authenticity. Can we introduce that now? Because I really love yeah. the mindfulness piece, the authenticity component, and however you'd like to talk to us about that.
2: Yes, thank thank you. You're welcome. Um, if I'm talking too much, feel free to no
1: time fill in. it up. Fill up the space. It's so good what you're sharing.
2: Um, so when I think about authenticity, I think about coming, being able to express myself from my heart, from my truth, not from like um, a biased um, either or truth, but from like something that's really um, from a place of compassion and love yeah you know and so what we look at in the book is that many of us have been conditioned based on our culture our society advertising and unaware even at how many different layers that we are on automatic pilot without thinking Mm -hmm. like I don't know I just did it but why? And is that what I want to do? Or is that what, you know, so like in younger years, is is that peer pressure? Right. Um, You know, we all tell little white lies in my family, but is it right to tell a little white lie? How do you feel when you tell a little white lie? Mm -hmm. I never really liked that one in my family. Right. Yeah. So I couldn't, I just couldn't do, you could find read my face. You know, just, I wasn't yes. good at hiding it. Um, so when we work and get really curious about our intention, going back to intention and our motives mm-hmm. for doing something, and does that sit right with me? Is there some place that feels genuine guilt, not like guilt because I don't look good, but guilt because I've done harm to myself or to another? Okay. That's when we can start to say, I'm not going to do that. I choose to do it different. Now, we can start with even just ourselves. Like, am I really doing what I desire to do? Some of us, we need to make a living a certain way. Some of us have more choice with that. Some of us don't have choice with that. Sure. But we can start to sh- shift and change as much as we can within the parameters that we have. Yes. You know, um, and so when we are coming from that more authentic way, we feel free, we feel peaceful, we feel happy, we feel much less burdened because I have agency over my own life. hmm
1: and it opens up spaciousness within us is what I feel to really, to really be yourself. Right. Yeah. Instead of going along so much with things that might've worked at one time to live that way, that aren't feeling authentic or true to you today.
2: Right. So, And I say to my clients, so like, let's say this is me mm-hmm. and I'm going out So people pleasing is a big one for many people or the fear of getting rejected. So I'm going to be do this and I'm going to do that. I'm going to try to figure out what you want me to do, how you want me to do that. And I'm still going to do that. So then I say, well, look at the space between my hands. That's your anxiety because you're disconnected from yourself.
1: Yeah. You do talk about the hand. Yes. I know what you're referencing in your book. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So it's like, how can I come home to what my self, how can I, Reel my self back into my embodied presence.
1: Embodied presence. I love that.
2: So that's some of what I think about when I think of authenticity. That's why I call it a rule-breaking guidebook to authenticity. Because I'm breaking the rules of my conditioning, my automatic pilot, Mm -hmm. my doing things because that's the way I do them without even knowing my why, and if that feels good to my heart or not.
1: I think what you're saying, Cynthia, really also speaks to the role of our intuition that you talk yes. about in your book, that I talk a lot about in my, in my book, in my work, in my life. And as I appreciate it and have been able to really engage with clients in an exciting way is we all have intuition. It's our innate knowing of people, places, and things. And I think because of people pleasing tendencies, of going with the flow, for example, we tend to override our intuition, ourselves be liked, to fit in. And it's really in in my experience about unlearning those methods to really trust what our body knows to be true about people, places, and things. I'd love to hear you talk about intuition and the role and how powerful it is to direct our lives.
2: You know, um, in the book I describe, it starts sometimes as a little whisper, and then it can get louder and louder. And I think that when I... You know, we, we all say, like, I ha- I just have a gut reaction. So I don't always know why something is. And in, in the old days, when I was much more thinking, there's something wrong with me because uh, it doesn't fit yes. in, then I would think, um, I don't know what's wrong, and I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. But meanwhile, I'm I have a gut reaction. So yeah. when I start to listen, or I just sort of feel it now, from a place of spaciousness, not just a gut reaction, but a body calmness. Sometimes, mm-hmm. then that feels like okay. Well, that's true. So I may not always know what it is, but I know that that there's something there. Yeah.
3: Um,
2: and then many times it happens. You know, before ways, for example, you'd feel like this is a good example. A lot of people like I'm just going to turn right here. I always uh. go to the left and then around, but this time I'm going to the right, right? Then I find out that there was an accident over there.
3: Mm. Yeah, yes. So that's Your what intuition
2: talking to but, us, right? Yes. You know, um, or I feel like. Right now, like in my life, when I'm planning for something, I just sort of wait and kind of tune in and just go, I don't want to do it then. I want to do it this other date. Like, let's say I'm planning for something like in March. I don't know. The 15th doesn't feel right, but the 22nd does. Yeah. Um. So that to me is my intuition talking because I don't really know. But when the time comes, it may show up or I might not feel as good on the 15th. I don't know. I may never know. Right. But I don't worry about having to do a scientific experiment. Like in The Tipping Point, there was, um, a, which is a book, they talk about some people that are intuitive, finding out whether a painting is for, forged, like if it's real or oh, not right. real. Yeah. right. Yes. Right? Yeah. So, those that just get the gut feeling are more accurate than all the science behind figuring out the real and not real.
1: That's great. That's interesting.
2: Yeah. So I think that if people want to start, there's many different ways that you can begin to do some body awareness or just, If you start with meditating every day, you're going to start to get familiar with the inner and the outer voicing or the, let's say the top layer mind thinking voice Mm -hmm. versus a calmer, more peaceful inner voice.
3: That's a
1: really wonderful way to put it. Yes.
2: So if you come up with that calmer, peaceful voice and start to almost get into the vibe of that voice that will be more from your possibly a good probability be your intuition Mm -hmm. talking to you. So when you start to feel uh, towards something and then you say, like I do this a lot, like um, I better. So in the book, I give an example. It's like, I better not put my key in my pocket. I don't know why I can't put it in my pocket. I'm going to put it in my pocket. So I put it in my pocket. I lose the key. (laughs) So um, to me, that's that wise voice that I didn't listen to
0: but
2: over time, and I give the other example of I decided I'm giving away my rollerblades. It's like I'm cleaning out the garage. And it's like, I think I'm going to go de- walk my blades to the end of the driveway now. And I want to give them away. So I was, so I see a mother and a son walking down the street. I go, hey, you want some rollerblades? So they stop. We chit chat. She wears this. My size or her son, I think her son wears my size, she wears my daughter's size. They both take the skates. That's perfect. Happy Easter. They were on an (laughs) Easter egg hunt, no less.
1: That's That's great, great, Cynthia. Cynthia. Yes, and our intuition once leads us to these synchronicities. Right. That can begin to happen in our lives more regularly. And it's so delightful when that happens. That's when we're in a flow state.
2: Right. It's a flow state. Like the other day I was sharing with people and it's like, why am I sharing? I just said, I'm leaving. And these words came rolling out. And then my friend gave, gave me information that I needed that was going to help somebody else. Wow. Had I not been in that conversation, it never would have happened. I, in my world, so and I maybe it's true for many listeners, check out like who you're in conversation with and really start to listen to what's being shared
1: yeah, yeah, it can be interesting. And even numbers on the clock, songs on the radio to really tune in to our surroundings and just start to notice and pick up on if there's something there for you.
2: Yeah, there was this really great book I once read called E-Squared by Pamela. I don't Oh, know. yeah, I
1: know that book. Pamela, I forgot her last name.
2: Right. So um, one of the exercises one day was to... Um, think about receiving a gift. Okay. So just being receptive. So I decided I'm going to receive a gift of flowers from somebody. Yes. So I just want to tell all of you listeners, that is not intuition. That is me doing like God's job for God. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. So it never worked out from that person. I come home that evening and lo and behold, on my doorstep is a humongous bag of costume jewelry and each piece says a, a gift to give and a gift to re- keep or one to keep and one to give I think it said
3: okay
2: and I was like where did this come from the gardener th- said I saw it at the end of your driveway I put up on the neighborhood Facebook nobody claimed it it's like that was my gift
1: wow yes To wow
2: So, without doing God's job for God, you can get so much else.
1: Yes. Cynthia, what is next? What is next for you? I wanted to ask you how can listeners and viewers reach you if they want to work with you? And what do you have coming up
2: next? So, from the book, I would love for them to, um, if they get inspired to enjoy the book, The uh, Curious Voyage the Rule Breaker's Guidebook to Authenticity. And with that, I put out on synthesis.teachable a class on keeping a daily journal, which is another great way to start to open up to your intuition. I have um, questions for the beginning of the day and the end of the day, curious questions. And my wish is that I'll continue to roll out classes that people can go on the Curious Voyage journey together. So, that, um, so there'll be more classes on that. And then I am connecting with a colleague of mine, and we're going to start to do um, financial freedom for therapists types of classes. Great. So um, if people stay tuned to my website, um, they can find me there at synthesis.com. And I put up classes for therapists. I do a lot of training in brain spotting.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: So if they're wanting to get that, and I've made up some other ways of working with brain spotting, then I have many classes on that. Um, so most of it's coming out through teaching and inspiration and connection.
1: And I want to spell your website because it's a unique play on your first name. Cynthia, it's C Y-N-T-H-A-S-I-S dot com, synthesis.com with the C-Y-N. That's really clever.
2: Great. Right, thanks. Yeah. So I just put stuff up there and I like to put up articles that can give to people. And then I often have some kind of audible to support a personal journey or something.
1: And then aren't you coming to Louisiana? Were you just sharing that? Oh, yes. We so live, tell us
2: about that. Yes. Yeah, so one of my greatest passions is training therapists in brain spotting because okay. I just love the ripple. So if I help you learn it, then you can help so many more other people, and then their lives and people in their lives change. Yeah. So in Louisiana, in Hammond, um, which is right outside of New Orleans, we're doing a training, a phase, we call it phase one training, November 5 to 7, to just in a couple of weeks. And I'm extending the standard fee. But if any of your listeners wanted to write me and get a code, I'd be glad to pass a code for a discount on.
1: Thank you. That's generous.
2: Yeah. Um, they would write info at synthesis.com. Okay. And that's we can
3: wonderful.
2: set them up for a code. Thank
3: you.
2: You're welcome. To so learn
3: yeah.
2: Yeah. And then we we do trainings online. And then next year, we're, I'm going to probably also go to Tennessee and do an in-person. But it's very convenient for people to get this o- over the internet in all time zones. That's awesome. So yeah, and I just play around with different ways of working, integrated spirituality and brain spotting. I made up a thing called the Beyond Spot. Um, What is that? It's a way of putting something at the tip of the pointer that is like in the shape of a donut so that you can pass through the portal of time and space more easily and effortlessly.
1: That's so cool. Yeah. I love the metaphysical nature of your work.
2: Yeah. Thanks. Thanks yeah it's um it's really timeless where it can go
1: truly so yesterday, I was a guest speaker at Columbia University. Teachers oh. College has a spiritual mind body graduate degree program, and it was such an honor to speak to the grad students about the role of spirituality in psychology. And I led them through a meditation under the full moon in Aries. And um, I love seeing it wasn't a part of my training per se when I went to social work school to really incorporate spirituality and metaphysics and the different dimensions that we inhabit, that we feel like we're just in this 3D physical reality to really incorporate what's beyond our sight and opening to our inner sight.
2: Right. Uh, what I love so much is I started there. And then I got more and more into like brain spreading is the most traditional kind of therapy that I've done. Okay. And because I started on a spiritual path of helping people on that path and then doing the core energetics. So I just love how the world is moving more towards um, the integration of therapy with spirituality because I feel like it's much more wholesome that way.
1: It is also awesome.
2: beautiful. You got to speak at that program. Good thank for you, them.
1: Thank you, Cynthia. And I think it's actually how healers have been practicing healing in ancient cultures, which I know your work harkens back to. I feel like in the West we separated it, and and thank goodness now we have the wisdom to come back to the integration. Can you, in a clo- like in our closing, speak to that at all? Since your work is so much about that integration.
2: Yeah, I think that ancient traditions, indigenous people have known things that we're trying to prove and like where science says until we prove it, we can't use it. But people have been using it all along and people have been getting healed all along. And so my wisdom to everybody is trust your, you know, your faith in whatever you're with and honor and respect, you know, where you're being led from your heart.
3: Yes.
2: And, um, and when you, you know, there are things that we can't resolve on our own and that's the time to go for therapy and get help because people don't fully get us in our lives. I mean, if you can't afford therapy, maybe even doing 12 step programs, you know, those are amazing journeys to walk. Mm -hmm. And, and the book is a, a voyage to, that you can walk through and walk through even with a friend. On my resource page, which is in the book, um, I have suggested questions of people to do it together.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Cynthia, thank you for your presence. I really love your work. Your book, The Curious Voyage, a rule-breaking guidebook to authenticity that I'm holding up, and your website, synthesis.com, C-Y-N-T-H-A-S-I-S.com. Thank you for taking your time today.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everybody, for your time, too. And thank you, Lisa, for sharing this time with me.
1: You're so welcome. Your time. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, y'all, it's the end of the show. And I'm going to invite you, if you have not, to wherever you're listening to this on, to go to the ratings and reviews. It's a separate section if you're on iTunes even. And give All Things Therapy a five-star rating and a written review. It helps so much to get this podcast in front of more listeners. I've been sharing on episodes. I have made it my business the last few months to rate and review every podcast that I have been listening to and have enjoyed. I've rated and reviewed over 50, over five zero. So it would really mean so much for you to do that now and become a part of my Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash all things therapy. I bet any number of podcasts you enjoy have a Patreon campaign and we offer you takeaways in exchange for your support and look there and I'll be with you next week. Bye.
0: You're listening to all things therapy with Lisa Tahir only on LA talk radio.